What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, April 29th, 2016. You guys are listening to episode 255. Uh, how is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a great time in between shows. Uh, doing this one on Friday because I had to fly to Atlanta yesterday, and uh, it was a long night before. I'll explain all that shit. And then uh, last night, did a show here at the club. Had to do like, you know, first night stuff and, and met up with some people and, uh, you know, didn't come back to the hotel right after the show and do it. I wanted to be fresh and up like I am now. So uh, you should have it early on Friday. But I do um, I do apologize for the for the lateness. You guys know I like to have it out either very, very late on Wednesday or early on Thursday. But it is what it is and the show is free. So get off my back. I am excited about today's show. I actually just came from radio in Atlanta. I did two stations here today. I had such a great time. Shout out to uh, Bailey and Southside. Uh, I think it's uh, 100.5 Rock. Uh, dude, I had such a good time with those guys. It was, listen to it, man. If you're in the Atlanta area, listen to it uh, on the link on their site or whatever because I had a lot of fun. Those guys are seriously some of the best uh, it's the best, one of the best radio shows I've ever done, uh, you know, ever. And morning shows, guys are just so funny, just fucking around, and it's awesome. I almost thought I couldn't curse on my own show just now because I just did radio out here. But um, it was a great time. Shout out to Jamie Bendel for coming out, owner of the Punchline. It was a good, it was a good morning. I got a little pep in my step. Not gonna lie, I'm a little tired, but I had a coffee. Uh, got a great show. Got some unacceptables for you. I saw a movie. A lot of stuff going on in sports. Going to do your guys' unacceptables. Some cool stories. So uh, sit back, relax, and get ready for this filled up TVE episode 255. Wherever you may be. Where are you? Are you in your car? Are you in, are you, are you in the fucking cubicle? Are you on a treadmill? Are you driving somewhere, dreading going to work, but I am making you feel a little bit better? That's that's the consensus right now. Podcasts just make me feel better on the way to my fucking job. Great. Um, but before we get started to the show, gotta do the sponsors. As always, the Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today uh, and maybe tomorrow. They just have, they, he just does Dave Gavry, funny comedian out there in the Chicago area. If you see Dave, the name Dave Gavry, go out there and see him perform. Funny guy, good guy, runs a great site, and he's got amazing comedians on the site that he interviewed, and he does a really good job with the interview. Uh, I, he did one with me. It was awesome, and he's always adding people um, to, the, uh, to the site. So go to gonzofame.com. Also, everybody, the new sponsor of the Verzi Effect podcast is citylivingdog.com and coach Mike Reed, who is one of the best dog trainers in the fucking country. Yes, I said it. This dude is truly one of the best dog trainers in the country. He understands the language of dog. He's helping me with my dog. And um, if anybody out there is looking for a dog trainer, Okay, if you have, if you are in, you know, the New England area or, you know, I mean, I don't know, the dude will work with you. He's got, he has um, amazing video clips on YouTube of just the things that he does with these dogs. 
you know, dogs that might have been wild or, you know, just not doing the right thing. He just gets the, you know, the psychology of a dog, man. It's insane. To the point where I actually, he saw a clip of my dog and I told him one thing about my dog and he just broke down exactly what the dog is doing, why the dog is doing it and, and everything like that. And, you know, he's right all the time. So, um, please, if you have a dog in that area, if you know someone with a dog that's having problems, go to, uh, citylivingdog.com contact coach Mike, Mike Reed. He is an absolute beast. And, um, there's a ton of stuff on his site that you could look at. Um, I saw a clip of him with these, with these pit bulls and it was just amazing what he does. He just gets it. He understands it. And he's actually one of those dudes that like loves what he does. Like he wakes up and loves what the fuck he does. And that's another reason why I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, I had one conversation with the guy in Boston when I performed there, and the way he was talking about it, I was like, yeah, and then I got this fucking wild animal, which I have. I'll get to that. My dog is a wild animal. But anyway, go to uh, citylivingdog.com, Coach Mike Reed, and check it out because the guy is amazing, and he will help you with your with your dog. Tell him the Verzi Effect podcast sent you, but uh, check that out. Um, and also, All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com for all of your favorite comedian uh, pod, comedy podcasts and uh, comedy albums with All Things Records. Uh, follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy or go to their website allthingscomedy.com. Yeah, guys, my dog is a fucking wild animal. Like, I know people, what do you mean? It's a dog. Of course it's a wild animal. No. It's funny, I was talking to uh, Bobby Kelly said something. He goes, dude, you got the first dog. Like, like dogs are descended. Dogs come from like where my dog, like it was like wolves and then my dog. Like my dog is like a feral dog. My dog is like a Portuguese pedango. Uh, he just comes from that. He's a street dog. He's an island dog, but he's just like, I'm not kidding. When like, it's like walking fucking Carl Lewis. He's, he gets calm. Then he's, then he wants to play. He's trying to be tough. Then he's not, it's, it's, it's definitely work, but he's being good. You just got to keep him from. You know, he's getting better and better. Just got to keep keep letting him know who the, who's in charge. But, uh, yeah, somebody was like, yeah, dude, your, your dog is a wild animal that you have to work on. Um, but there are guys out there like like uh, Coach Mike, Mike Reed. Those are guys that, guys that know it. There are guys that know the language of dog. And I find that amazing. To just look at a dog and just like, these guys are so good. Like, this guy's so good, he'd just look at a dog and be like, yeah, no, he wants you to do this. So he wants you to do that. And that, that's what it is. Um. But, uh, so I had a, I had a pretty, uh, cool week. I want to, oh, I want to shout out to, um, Pete Davidson. I want to thank Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson. And by the way, if you're in New York and you want to see Pete, Pete will be filming his Comedy Central special on, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night in New York. And so Pete was working it and, um, I haven't seen Pete in a while and I'm working on something too. So Pete was like, why don't you come out and, um, you know, why don't you, you come out and work your, work your shit on my show. So I went out to Levity Live. Amazing, amazing crowd for a Wednesday. Um, you know, and, and it was a great time. So I want to thank Pete Davidson and Levity Live. Just always the best. Such a good time out there. Um, and, the, you know, the crowd was awesome. And, uh, you know, I got to do what I wanted to do. And we had a good time. And then I flew out to Atlanta, where I am now. Uh, got into Atlanta yesterday, probably about 3.30. By the time I settled in and everything was like 4, 4.30, so pretty close to the show. The show was uh, first show last night, only one show last night, 8 o'clock, and it was just so much fun. Like, I had so much fun on stage last night. I'll get into that afterwards, but the flight out here was hilarious because um, it was a nice, smooth flight, you know, uh, flew Delta, 
I fly Delta now a lot. And um, I don't know if any of you people are familiar in New York with Westchester Airport, but, you know, the big three is um, LaGuardia, John, uh, JFK, and then Newark, which is a little south in Jersey. But those are the big three, you know, airports people fly out of in New York pretty much. Now, there is one in Long Island and there was one in Westchester. Uh, the one in Westchester is like 15, 20 minutes to my house. It is such an easy, unbelievable, one of those small town airports that do have select big airline names that go to, to, to cities and Delta is one of them. JetBlue is another one, you know. And I go there, I park my car myself, and like in two minutes from parking, you just walk into the terminal. It's like one terminal, one security gate, like two runways. I mean, just the easiest. Like, it's so easy and like easy going, and like, you know, they almost look at you like, ah, you don't, yeah, I mean, you got to take your shoes off, but fucking, I'll make it quick. Like, they look, they look at you like, ah, you're fine. Like, you know, nothing's going it, to, it's the absolute best. You're in and out. They even have place, you know, place to eat and a bar and all that shit, but. Just such an awesome, easy airport. And then we get on the plane, and uh, we were first for we were first for takeoff. And I ended up having a nice conversation with this lady who was actually a flight attendant, off-duty flight attendant for Delta. And I was talking her ear, like she was talking to me. And uh, you know, she found out. You know, I told her that I was. You know, she's like, "What are you doing?" So you work in Atlanta? I told you, "No, I'm a comedian. I'm going there to perform." Apparently, she loves stand up. So I gave her one of my albums and she started talking to me. And then when I found out what she did, it was funny. It went from her talking to me and asking me a bunch of questions about being a comedian. And she was really interested in it and loved it and telling me, oh, I take my daughters to comedy all the time. And I gave her an album and she's like talking to me. Then I find out she's a flight attendant for Delta. And you guys know me. I'm fascinated with aviation because I still can't wrap my fucking head around how it works. And now I'm talking to her and I'm asking her questions about every aircraft and everything. And we're talking about all kinds of plane things and this and that. And it was just like so, so cool. And uh, the funniest part about the flight, though, was the pilot had the deepest southern accent. Like it was it was like I'm not even joking. Like, yeah, we're going to be flying at thirty four thousand feet. Like this guy was so Georgia or whatever. But he just had that carefree thing. Where it almost felt like, I said this on stage last night, like if the engines went out, you'd feel like, ah, fuck, I'll get her down. Don't, like, it was just, <laughs> it was just one of those things. Where, like, I work it out, man. I've been doing this a long time. A couple engines out. We'll, you know, we'll get, we get you guys some drinks to be comfortable in a second. We're going to put out the fire in the, on the wing, and the wing going to fall off, but we still get down, man. It was like, and the, but the funniest part about it was he, he says the whole thing, yeah, it'd be about a smooth flight gonna be uh you know certain winds to the southwest and we'd be at 34,000 feet and everything and then he gets off the PA and then all of a sudden like 10 seconds later, I forgot to tell you fly be about an hour 46 minutes anything we could do to make you enjoy the flight you know enjoy the flight better and I was like that guy is fucking southern but it was a smooth flight it was nice and it was one of those flights where I wanted to sleep but then you just get into a conversation. You ever get into a conversation with someone on a plane and you're just like, all right, I'm not sleeping. I'll just deal with this shit later. I'll, I'll take a nap later. So, um, you know, that was, the, that was the flight out here. And then I go to the show last night. And, um, you know, shows, it was, it was a light crowd last night. And I found out they said, like, Thursdays are kind of like hit or miss, but the weekends are really awesome. And at first I was like, whatever. You know, first I was like, shit, man, I wish there was, I wish it was packed out every single show. But I got to tell you, the people that came last night, it was, I don't know, we just had Bartnick's with me. We had so much fun. 
telling stories on stage, talking on stage. The crowd was so into the show. Um, got to, you know, talk to fans. I, I said I would do this and I'm going to do it. I want to shout out people that came, that people that listened to my podcast. I want to shout out, um, I want to shout out uh, Robert Thompson and his uh, wife Nikki and their boy John and their other boy Robert. They came out last night. Um, I gave everybody that did come out last night a free album. I, I just really had a lot of fun last night. It was really cool, and uh, it's only going to get better this weekend. So thank everybody to come out that came out to the Punchline. Uh, please come out to the show. The shows are so much fun. I'm having a great time. This is um, my third time at the Punchline, but first time in the new club. In the, in the new location, and it's fairly new. I'm finding out a lot of people don't even know that it, it opened, but it did open a few months ago or like right before the holidays, and it's just getting going. But it is uh, the punchline in Atlanta uh, attached to the Landmark uh, restaurant, diner, whatever. It is such a cool room. You walk into this room, and you're like, oh, my God, this is what comedy should be. Low ceilings. It's wide. It's, it just feels like it, it is exactly what a comedy nightclub should be. It was perfect. Amazing room. So uh, come out. We got uh, two tonight, uh, 8 and 10 on Saturday. There's a 6, 8 and 10. And then I believe on Sunday there is a 7 or a 7.30. Um, and then that's it for the for the weekend run. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're having a great time, and it is awesome. All right. Guys, I don't know, to where, I don't know where to begin with Unacceptables today. Okay. Because I, there was a bunch. All right. I was merging because there was a, I was merging because there was a state trooper pulled somebody over in the right lane. And when you see that shit and they're like putting cones out or whatever, they're like right off the shoulder, you kind of just move over to the next lane and give them that lane space, give them a little leeway or so they don't got to worry about getting clipped. So me trying to do that, put my blinker on, there's a fucking silver Audi behind me and he's just like still going. And it's like, dude, we both see the cop pulled over somebody. We both see the sirens on. They're not really far off the road. They're really close to the white line. If somebody even like fucking slips off a little bit, they're going to fucking hit the car and probably kill somebody. You see me merging to the left and yet you still kind of, and I just was looking at him, like putting my hand out like, dude, really? Really? You don't see this? And then finally he kind of just like moved to the thing and I fucking tried to stare at him and he didn't even look at me because he knew he was an asshole. And it's like, dude, it's fucking, that's unacceptable. It's like you see it. So you're either not paying attention or you don't give a fuck and you're going to cause a fucking accident and that guy could have done it. I don't know if that's my unacceptable. That's how pissed I because there's another one. All right? So now here's my other one. The other one is I have a um, pizzeria near my house. I might have mentioned this before, but it just happened again and now it's to the point where it's so unacceptable I don't want to eat there anymore. The guy behind the counter is not fucking happy ever. Ever. Okay? And I've talked about it before. Pizza slice means happiness, okay? Pizza means happy. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat a slice. I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to fucking enjoy myself. I'm going to stare out the window. I'm going to enjoy my pizza. That's what, it, that's what it does. That's what you're supposed to do, okay? I bring my children there. And the woman who works there sees my children. They're like, hey, Lucas. Hey, Sophia. All this shit. Hey. They're really nice. This one fucking guy who's the main guy, he stands there behind the counter. And he's got a look of like... You just told him, you know, that you fucked his mother. Like, he just has this look of, like, sad but also tough. It's the weirdest thing. So I stopped going there. I said, that's it. I'm done. It's convenient. The food's not bad. It's actually good pizza. Pizza. 
The, but the place in Connecticut close to us is is good is as good if not better. All right. But I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I I'm not going. I'm not going. So I told my wife, and I was like, if we go to pizza, we're gonna take a little five ten minute extra drive because I'm not going to this pizzeria. She said, why? I go because the guy's always has a look on his face. He's angry. He's never smiling. He's never laughing. Nothing. All right. Now I worked in pizzerias before. Okay, I did. And when I was younger, I delivered pies, and I had friends there. And you know what it was? It was close to like a barber shop. Guys laughing, fucking guy throwing pizza up. Everybody's having a good time. You talk a little sports. You have a good time. That's what a cool pizzeria is. At least it was in New York when I worked there. That, that's what it was. That's what I grew up with. Hey, what can I get you? Blah, blah, blah. Not a ton of talking. You know, not exactly like a barbershop, but kind of has that vibe of nice. Yeah, I'm here. I'm giving you money. Let's not all forget that. Let's not all forget that. I'm giving you money. Okay, and uh, so I tell my wife I'm not going, but my son has baseball practice that I had to go to, and it was a time of dinner. My son's baseball practice is like five to five forty-five to seven o'clock, something like that, you know, or six to seven, whatever it was, and it's right in dinner time, and I had to go to the city, so I had to go to my son's practice, but have them fed first, and then I had to run out to the city, and I waited for my wife to get to my son's practice. So the point of me telling you that is I had to go to this pizzeria because it was the closest. is near the baseball field that they, they practice at and play their games at. So I walk in. I'm like, I'll give this guy another chance. And I walk in. Daughter first. Son. Who's standing there? Mr. Happy. Behind the fucking counter. And he barely had a smirk. It was almost like painful for him to smirk. Like he, he was almost like started to and then like, no, I'm not going to fake it. I'm not happy again. And I'm like, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. And one time I tried talking to him because he's got a TV on in there with news. And I'm like, yeah, did you hear what happened? And he would just downplay it. And I was just, and first of all, I'm just trying to be nice, dude. I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to fucking, once again, being the nice dickhead that I am. Like, oh man, yeah, did you hear about that? That's a, yeah, it's no big deal though. It's just, you know, that's a blah, blah, blah. Like one of those guys. You know, it's just one of those guys. You know, the, 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 there's no wallet. He's one of those, there's no wallet guys, you know. You'd be like, yeah, dude, you got fucking, oh my God, you got stacks of cash. Yeah, but I don't got a wallet to put it in. I mean, what, what am I going to do with those? My my, my, my pockets are going to be lumpy. Like, just one of those fucking just, you know, what can go wrong will and fuck everything. And it's like, I don't, I don't like that. So that's, a, that's another unacceptable. So I, I have two this week. How about that, everybody? Mine except this week, the Audi that wouldn't move over and this fucking pizzeria guy that's just never happy. And it's annoying the absolute shit out of me that it's never happy, that he's never happy. Can you, I I don't, I just, I don't understand it. I want to say something. I don't know if I should. I want to be like, dude, man, you you should smile sometimes or something. You know? Then I'll be like, yeah, faggot. Ah, that's a callback. That's a callback. I just, yeah, I don't understand people that have those jobs. I don't, I could understand bad days. We all have bad days. You know, there was a guy that worked at the post office near us. And I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. He'd be like, all right, yep. You, did you fill out the paper? All right. Anything else I could help you with? All right, man. Like the guy made you want to just go in your car and put a fucking gun in your mouth and start crying and contemplate blowing your fucking head off. I was like, dude, it's not that bad. Like, it was li- like I don't understand this. And you know what? Now that I go to the post office, I don't see that guy anymore. So maybe they were like, listen, dude, you, you, people are complaining. Like, the guy just looked at you like he wanted nothing to do with you, and he was just a mechanical fucking robot 
Just like, okay, yeah, when do you need it out by? I swear, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm trying to be funny right now. I'm not even trying to be funny. He would literally go, when do you need it out by? I'd be like, oh, well, when if I don't pay extra, when will it be there? About three business days. Uh, yeah, that's good. All right. Anything else I could do? All right. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks. Have a nice day. You too. It's like, I, like, I mean, just like fucking... Dick ditches at a graveyard in the middle of the fucking night if you're going to be like that. Like, have a job where you don't need to be seen or, or talked to. I, I really don't understand it. I truly, I truly don't understand why people work in... If, if, you, if you knew, if somebody said to you, you are going to be in front of people all day serving them, helping them, and we want people to come back... Why the fuck, A, would you hire the people? Because it's your fault for hiring them. But B, why would you do that job? If I don't like people, I'm not going to be fucking around them. It's, it's very simple. You know, are you going to train dogs if you don't like fucking dogs? You're like, I hate fucking dogs, but I'm a dog walker. It's like, I, you wouldn't do that. So stop it. You don't like people. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. There's people, peop, there's, there's people, persons, there's people's people, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. There's... You know, there's people that say, oh, he's not a people person. Okay, then that guy shouldn't be around him. It just annoys me, you know? I love telling jokes. I love doing stand-up. I love making people laugh and have a good time. I do. I really fucking enjoy that. If I hated it, I wouldn't do it. (laughs) It just... (laughs) If you don't like people, you don't work at Grand Central Station (laughs) because there's a shitload of people there. Oh, my God. I, but I don't know. See, I don't even know. See, you know what's sad about that one is you don't even know if you could call somebody out on it. And here's why. Because they may try and they may like what they do, but maybe they're socially awkward. See, like there's a lot of that going on and you don't know. And you don't want to be the dick who like says something to somebody that like thinks they're getting better and talking to somebody and they're socially awkward or they have some sort of issue. And you're like, hey, man, you should smile a little more. And they're just like, yeah, I've actually suffered from chronic depression and I contemplate suicide a lot, so I'm trying to get in front of people more to enjoy my life. And then you'd be like, never mind, great job. <laughs> you are crushing it. Um, but let's, uh, let's go to your guys' unacceptables and see what you guys have said. All right, here we go. All right, this one is from Scott Beckman. And Scott Beckman says, Paul, I know you say length of these can be an issue, but can't leave a detail out, so here goes. Taking a shit in a surprisingly clean Cole's bathroom, no one else in the bathroom, when some degenerate strolls in and begins to take a piss in the stall next to me. Mind you, there are three, there are five stalls and five urinals which are all open for use. Uh, to use. After... What sounds like a badly wounded caged animal starts to moan like it's giving birth to a baby elephant begins to piss uh, wildly uh, all over the floor. And yes, you guessed it, all over a nice pair, oh wow, of my expensive red wing boots. With Oh man, that sucks, dude. Without any hesitation, I lose my shit, no pun intended. I start banging on the side of the stall door screaming, What the fuck? What the fuck? Fuck you doing, asshole? Uh, And before I could gather myself and finish my business, 
He scurried out of the bathroom, not flushing or apologizing, probably knowing I was about to give him the ass-chewing of a lifetime or worse. I proceed to clean up and reach for TP uh, and the fucking plastic box that I guess pr uh, prevents people from stealing uh, the shit is locked um, on the side uh, that the only full roll is on. Uh, so without hesitation, I break the damn thing off the wall, prying the thing apart uh, just so I can get my ass wiped like a normal human being while all this time my wife, who is shopping, uh, has texted and called my phone repeatedly wondering what the hell is going on in there. Cleaned up my boots and washed up, leaving behind a dismantled restroom stall. Highly unacceptable and blatantly disrespect uh, uh, for another man's personal space and privacy. Cage him up, Paul. Wish I knew who this fucking animal was now that I'm walking the aisles of the coals ready to pounce on the fucktard who looks guilty. Thanks for reading. Long-time listener and big supporter of locking these nasty motherfuckers in a cage, Scott Beckman. Thank you, Scott. That is fucking ridiculous. And I don't even know. The first thing I thought of when you were saying that was if I was in the stall, I had no choice, but I had to go to the bathroom and some guy's piss was just trickling up on my fucking Jordans. I, I honestly, I mean... I don't, like last night we walked out of the hotel and there was a lot of mud because of construction and I had my Jordans on and I'm like walking on my heels ready to like jump around and jump away from this fucking thing. I could not imagine having some fucking piss come out of some guy's dick onto my fucking, just some guy's piss onto your fucking, oh my God, shoes. So yeah, thank you for the unacceptable, appreciate the uh, submission. Here we go. This one is from Ryan Kennedy. Paul, this unacceptable has happened to me a few times lately. People who invite friends over to their house to watch a uh, pay-per-view event like the UFC and don't pay for the entire view. That's the uh, equivalent of Super Bowl party and the host asking people to help pay his cable bill. Uh, okay, wait a minute. People who invite friends over to the house to watch a pay-per-view like UFC and don't pay... For the oh, I see what you're saying. That's like the equivalent of having a Super Bowl party, and the host asking people to help pay his cable bill. All right. In my case, this guy who was kind of friends, uh, who I'm kind of friends with, drives a car worth six figures and wants to split the cost of the pay-per-view. Unacceptable. Ooh, this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. All right. Here's what I'll say about this. Okay. Let's talk real now. I like this because this is this is kind of this this provokes a discussion and maybe even an argument because I know some people disagree and I know some people I kind of think it's two ways but here's here's what I say yes I agree with you I don't think anybody should ask however I'll give you a perfect example I had pay-per-view I had the fight I had the John Jones fight at my house I had people over some comedians uh, their their significant others we had about 10 adults kids running around you know, my neighbors came from across the street and they sat down and everybody watched the fight downstairs on the big TV and everybody enjoyed it. We were drinking. We had a great time. Now, I not once, whatever it is, 60 bucks or whatever. Now, I not once, I mean, I not once thought twice about ordering it and never bringing it up. And I did that. So you're right. However, a good friend or somebody who grew up the right way, not even saying you take the money will offer some money, okay? Even if you do it fake and bluff, 
which you got to be ready to pay if they call your bluff. And you got to kind of mean it, though. You should mean it. But I, and I'll give you a perfect example. The next morning, I had some people sleep over the house. And the next morning, my buddy just uh, left. And uh, I looked, and he's like, he, gave, he put money, he put a $50 bill on the counter, and he refused for me to not take it. He said, you have to take it. You paid, I'm paying for something. Now, I never asked. I would never even think twice differently about that individual. Had he not done that, I would have just been like, ah, we paid for it, whatever. But they did that. So I think when it comes to a pay-per-view event and you have people over, you shouldn't assume that they're going to pay anything and it's got to be on you. You invite them over to the party, you're right. You're not going to have a Super Bowl party and say, hey, man, chip in. I, I get that. I, I, I agree with that. But I also think a good friend and somebody cool in your circle will go, hey, man, you know, you had people over, you're letting us stay here, you're letting us eat, you order a $60 thing, you need some money, or here's a 20 or something like that. And then it's up to you if you want to accept it, but that that's what I'll say about that. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate the uh, submission. That's a great one, too. Okay, this is from uh, Greg, Greg Roselli. Uh, Greg's written into the show before Paul. It is absolutely unacceptable to order multiple hot sandwiches or various items at a donut shop drive through the window was designed for you to fly through, get your coffee quick, and be on your way to work. It, it wasn't, however, designed for these moms with vans full of kids or people buying the entire office-slash-job site breakfast. If that's the case, you get your fat ass out of the car and walk into the store and order like a human being, not some animal. A donut or two is acceptable, but not these different breakfast items that take longer to cook unacceptable by the way did you ever reveal your wife's burger recipe um might have missed it uh in one of the episodes no but i owe cameron from canada yes i'm glad i was reminded that i owe you that cameron and i did not forget uh i will get around to it we actually just had that sauce so uh but no here's the deal with the burger guys and greg thank you for the uh submission here's the deal with the burger recipe i am keeping it a family secret however if you come up to me at a show and you came to my show and you talk to me privately and you ask me about it and you, you, you're you a fan and you're at a show, you, you got a chance to get the recipe or I'll tell you. All right. So there you go. Everyone's asking. It's amazing. But I'll tell you something. The people that ate the burger when they came home, I never seen grown men close their eyes after taking a bite like they did with uh, at my house. Um, okay. This one is, thank you for the uh, submission, Greg. So this one is German comic who might go to jail. And the name here, which I'm definitely going to butcher, I want to apologize ahead of time, is uh, Arjun, uh, Arjun uh, Najavin, Najawin, Najawin. Okay, Arjun Najawin. Hope I got that right or close. Mr. Verzi, I started listening to your podcast after seeing you in Ottawa along with Bill Burr and Joe Bartnick. Thanks for the laughs. Always appreciate you mentioning two weeks ago. Also appreciate you mentioning two weeks ago on the podcast about Mike Ward and this whole trend of comics getting in trouble. It's cool to know that people in America know about Mike Ward. Uh, which reminds me, did you hear about what's happening in Germany? Uh, I'll keep it short, but this uh, comedian from Germany read a poem about the prime minister of Turkey on his TV show. Now Turkish politicians are mad, and now the German government is getting involved. This comic might go to jail just for letting a dumb poem on his show. What are your thoughts? 
the guy's name is uh, Jan Bomerman. Uh, Jan Bomerman. Um, yeah, my thoughts are it's absolutely ridiculous. My thoughts are that it, it's it's um, you can't do our art form and worry about what you're going to say. That's just the bottom line. You know, it's it's almost like telling a fucking track star that they can't they can't sprint. I mean, it it's you know, or it's like telling a track star you could run, but just don't go too fast. It doesn't make sense. It's like this is what we do. Our job is to talk, whether it's something you like or don't like. That doesn't matter. That's fucking irrelevant. You know, I'm gonna, I might do an off-color joke tonight. Somebody in Atlanta might not like me and not come back. Fuck them. That's just what I do. It's my job. It's freedom of speech. Now, I understand countries, other countries are different, which is sad. I think not having freedom of speech or being in trouble for saying anything is fucking ridiculous. You know? But the fact that I could sit here and say I do or don't like a president in our country, it's kind of free to know that I'm not going to fucking, someone's going to fucking kick down my hotel door and throw me in fucking jail. I mean, it's ridiculous. And of course, I'll talk about Mike Ward. I like Mike. He's a friend of mine. When I go to Montreal, I hang out with him. And uh, the guy's in a fucking trial. The guy's on trial for fucking saying something. You know, it's ridiculous. And, and uh, you know, but it's going to stop. I believe that. I believe it's going to stop. I believe that uh, when enough is enough, here's what happens, okay? And I really believe this. And thank you, Arjun, for the um, submission. Here's what happens. People can only take so much of the same nonsense before something bad happens. And we've seen that in war. You've seen that in you've seen that in in life. That's what happens. You've seen it with a bully, right? A bully will push and push and push a weaker kid and hit a weaker kid. And one day, the fucking weaker kid is like, when he does it, I'm gonna fucking crack him in his mouth with a fucking bat, and he's never gonna fuck with me again. And and whatever happens after that, whatever the repercussions of that are, that's irrelevant. W- one thing was made clear: is the bully's not gonna do it again. So, I think what happens is. There's going to be pushback and there's going to be there's going to be bloggers upset and there's going to be people saying this and that. But eventually, and this is what has to happen, and I'm not trying to make some statement or try to be a fucking leader here, but what has to happen is comedians need to rise up and rise up together and be defiant, never apologize, go harder and say, fuck you, you're nobody, write your little fucking blog, I don't care. I don't fucking care. If your college is a little in, too insensitive, then don't book me at your fucking stupid college because you're, we're breeding weak generations of people. And my son or daughter is not going to be in that fucking in, in that category. My son or daughter is going to know if they hear anything that offends them, they're just going to say, "Ah, I didn't like it, but I appreciate what the guy does." You know, I was on the I was on the plane with that lady who was telling me that she liked comedy. You know. And she was just, you know, and she were getting into it. And she mentioned some, I'm not going to mention names, but she mentioned some comedian she liked. And she goes, oh, and what about this comedian? And it was a very popular comedian. And I said, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And, and she's like, I don't like him. It's not for me. And then you know what she said? She goes, I appreciate it, though. He does his thing. I get it. Just not for me. That's how you be. If you don't like something somebody says, then that's how you be. Just, all right, not for me. Not for me. How'd you like that guy? Didn't like him. Why? I thought it was this, this, and that. But leave it at that. So, um, yeah, I heard about this comedian. I mean, yeah, I heard about this guy in Germany who could go to jail for saying something about a prime minister. It's it's ridiculous um, and really sad. And it uh, makes me happy that I live here. Next one is from uh, Ryan Gennaro. Ten speed cocksuckers again. 
Uh, and he sent me a picture of one, two, three, four, ten speed people at a red light. So let's see what this one says. Um, here we go. Uh, I live. Okay, right. I know this one is played out, but not as much as the barefoot people, and I keep seeing it. I'm thankful <laughs> I'm not one of these dopes. People that ride their bikes in the middle of the street without a care in the world while 3,000 of huge metal boxes on wheels zooming past them almost deserve to get hit, as terrible as that sounds. I live in eastern Long Island, and the population has boomed in the past 10 years to the point where the main roads are basically highways, so much so that they're adding more lanes in some places. With the amount of people who text and drive, we really have to have... Um, you really have to have your head up your ass to think you're invisible. Bike lane? Okay, I suppose that's acceptable, but still risky. But the middle of, but the, middle of the fucking lane, uh, that's for cars. These are, like, uh, these are like the people who walk in the road at night with black hoodie and headphones in. Uh, who the fuck raised these fools? Attached is the pic I took of a group of four 10-speeders that passed my car at a red light. And as they passed, I rolled my window down and uh, firmly said, You guys are in the fucking road. To which they all replied, What? Hua? Uh. How about Hua? You're going to get hit by a fucking Mack truck and live, and, and live if you're lucky. Uh, oh my god. Lock them in a cage with the TV playing a bike safety video on loop until they get it. All right, I'm done. Yeah, it happened to me. Happened to me the other day. Traffic was coming fast in the other lane. It was only two lanes, one each way. And a guy was in the middle just making me wait. And I had to fucking go around him. And I just gave him a look. And he could give a fuck. These bike people are arrogant. I can't stand them. Thank you for the submission. A couple more here. Uh, we're doing good. Us flying by. How much time? What time are we at? Oh, wow. Only at 37 minutes? Oh, we're flying through this show. Uh, okay. Calvin C. Hey, Paul. Love the podcast and can't wait to see you in my hometown, Ottawa. I know the listeners don't like it when these things get so long, so if you don't want to read it on the podcast, I don't mind, but I need to share this story with you, so I'll cut right to the chase. All right, no, this isn't too bad. I appreciate the, the concern here from Calvin, but no, this, this is good. All right. Cut right to the chase. I go to the gym about two, three times a week. I have a routine of getting changed, then going to the public restrooms to, uh, fill up my water bottle since there are no water fountains in the gym. So no water fountains in the gym is weird though. Okay. So I go into the restrooms and, uh, to my luck, they are empty. I turn on one of the three taps and let the water run to get cold. My nose was kind of runny, so I leave the water bottle uh, next to the sink and go to the stall so I can blow my nose. As I walk into the stall, I notice an older gentleman walk into the bathroom. In the corner of my eye, I notice quickly, I notice him quickly walk to where my tap water is running and then quickly walk out. What? Now, Paul, keep in mind my bottle was empty when I walked into the stall. When I came out, I couldn't believe what I saw inside my bottle. It was a... F what? It was a fucking house centipede. A fucking house centipede, Paul. Those little alien... What? That's weird. Those little alien... Uh, 
look-alike fucking creep the shit out of me. In a rage and confusion, I walk out of the bathroom looking for this motherfucker, but with my luck, he was nowhere to be found. I, wait a minute. So this guy... All right, hold on. Let me... I gotta... This is fucking nuts. Walking back into the bathroom, I go, I go to the scene of the crime. I didn't realize at first, but to my surprise, this thing was still alive. Paul, can you please tell me who the fuck walks around with the house centipede and especially at the gym? Now you, now you might be thinking this bug might have fell from the ceiling and by some miracle it just so happened to land in my water bottle. But there's no fucking way this little fucker just so happened to fall directly into a one-inch hole of drinking nozzle from the ceiling. What kind of fucking savage, <laughs> savagery is this? Lock this fucking human centipede in a cage. Unacceptable. So wait a minute. So this fucking guy walked into the bathroom where your thing was and just dropped the centipede in your water bottle? That's the weirdest... I mean, it's, I mean, insanely unacceptable. That might be one of the weirdest unacceptables I've ever had on the show. Like, that's just a weird... Like, uh, that's fucking bizarre. So, like, did he... I'm just trying to figure out, did he watch you walk in with an empty bottle and know you were going to run the water? Like, that just seems super fucking weird, man. I got to I gotta read this again, because this is weird. Okay. As I walk... Ah, I swear to God, my wife just called me in the middle of that. That only took one second, and she just goes, Babe, where is the remote for the TV? And I was like, I don't know. And she just goes, all right, bye. Um... Yeah, so I, I, it sounds like to me that this guy... I just want to see something here. So, you walk into the stall. You notice an older gentleman walk in the bathroom. In the corner of your eye, I notice him quickly walk to where my tap is running and then quickly walk out. So this guy followed you in and dropped a fucking creepy bug in your drink and walked out. That is the weirdest thing. Thank you for the submission. I don't even know what to say to that. That's fucking nuts, dude. Um... I don't know. Maybe the guy gets off on I don't know. Uh, all right. This next one is Man Beaters. And this is from... Uh, uh, was it? Tobias Laba. I hope I said that right. Uh, here's what I think is unacceptable, Paul. Women that feel they can be physically abusive <clears throat> to their partners and we all... Uh, and all we can do is take it. If I even leave a... Uh, a bruise trying to defend myself, I go to jail. Enough with this double standard bullshit. I never raise my voice, curse, God forbid, hit her in anger. Why is it okay for these crazy women to beat the men out there? Wow. I know I'm not alone in this one, but most of us guys are almost too embarrassed to admit what's happening at home if this, uh, if this is the case. Uh, even when it happens in front of our kids, wow, like me. Holy shit. Uh, wow, Toby. I, I mean, that's um, 100% right. Um, I truly believe, I believe this. I don't believe in hitting a woman. I don't, I don't believe in raising your hands to somebody that you're, you know, you're naturally and, you know, biologically like fucking stronger than. Um, but I believe if somebody is attacking you and hitting you and punching you and moving forward and attacking you, I believe whatever sex it is, you have to be able to defend yourself. You know, you have to be able to defend yourself. Now, um, I'm not saying 
grab her and beat the shit out of her. I would never say something like that. But if somebody's punching me and hitting me and kicking me and I don't know how far it could go, you know, what if somebody grabs a knife? I give a fuck who it is. I'm going to knock you out. I mean, I got to save my, my life and I got to protect myself. But um, yeah, you're right. If a woman is hitting you and you have to grab her wrists to restrain her, and there's like a red mark there. I mean, luckily this is never the case with me, but I know it's happened. And she calls the cops saying, he grabbed me, look at my arm, he goes to jail. Um, however, I think you can call up the cops and go, dude, I got this crazy bitch and she's attacking me, you need to come here. You know, I, I think I think that you, you know, and, and, and you shouldn't be embarrassed. Fuck that, don't be embarrassed. You know, that's the one good thing about times being so fucking like sensitive. Or you could say that, be like, dude, look, this fucking chick is hitting me, man. I don't give a fuck if I sound like a bitch. I can't hit her back. You want to know why? Because the cops are going to come here and either fucking kill me or throw me in fucking jail. So you guys need to do something. You guys need to do something about this. She's hitting me. Period. So I agree with you 100%. I'm sorry that you're going through that. It sounds like uh, something that, you know, sounds like something you're going through. I think you're doing the right thing. My advice to you would be even, you know, no matter how much rage you have, dude, you have kids and you should not ever, ever be in a situation where you could go to jail or, or be looked at, and you know, God forbid you strike back, or you had enough of getting hit, and you do something in self-defense, and then all the friends and family look at you like you're this fucking awful person, man, it's a really tough situation, and, um, you know, that's terrible that it happened in front of your kids, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, something needs to be done, if, if it's you, if it's a friend of yours, if it's somebody that you know, I would just be like, look, man, I would tell somebody, fuck that, don't be embarrassed, what are you going to do? Keep fucking taking it until one day you fucking snap and something bad happens to one or both of you? No, can't do that. Um, sorry you're going through that, man. It is unacceptable. Thank you so much for the uh, submission. Okay, I think we only have, yeah, we only have like two more here. All right. This one says, insurance fraud unacceptable. And this is from James. Hey, Paul, I first saw you at the Paps Theater in Milwaukee with Billy, and I have been hooked on the podcast ever since. Love what you're doing. Well, thank you so much, James. I appreciate that. I appreciate the support. And uh, be honest with you, I might shoot my special in Milwaukee. That's how much I love it there. Um, I am a private investigator and mostly focus on insurance fraud, like workers' compensation. In this line of work, I have seen more unacceptable animals than you'd see in a zoo. But today, I'd like to focus on one. Last week, I investigated this guy who had a back issue. Okay. I like how it quotes, back issue, and was getting money for not being able to work. During my surveillance, I found that he was actually working for a plumbing company on the side. His restrictions were that he could not lift more than 20 pounds. Um, uh, okay. At one of the job sites, this scamming sack of shit loaded and unloaded a water heater the size of a refrigerator with ease from his truck. These things can be anywhere from 750 to 1,000 pounds. I would say lock this animal up, but he actually might be locked up soon after the insurance company reviews my report. It's amazingly unacceptable what some degenerate people will try for some extra money. Keep up what you're doing as it provide, provides some entertainment during my long shifts. Thank you, James. And um, yeah, man, that's... Yeah, like, that's brutal. Some people getting their car stolen by family, which is both hilarious and 
and ridiculously unacceptable and shitty and scammy. And when I say funny, I don't mean it in a good way. But there is something hilarious about the lengths and measures people go to <laughs> to, to gain. You know, like um, me and my older brother Christian. I know my older brother Christian, if he's listening to this, he's laughing because he has the same sense of humor as me. Like the fact that you would put your car somewhere knowing that your uncle's going to fucking go get it chopped up in 10 minutes is is ridiculously hilarious to me. But robbing a bank is one of the funniest things because it's <laughs> the funny thing about <laughs> robbing a bank is it's such a desperation move of like, I need cash right this fucking minute. And I'm going to put a gun in somebody's face to get it in 10 minutes. Like I'm going to fucking like, that's crazy to me. But the fact that this dude is just like, just continuously getting a check. And you know what? I know you guys are going to say, oh, that's corny and cliche. What goes around comes around. I truly believe that. I truly believe you get back from this earth, from this world. You get back from this world what you put into it. I think if you're shitty now, it's going to come back. I really do. And I've seen that time and time again. So that guy's got, like like you said, that guy's might go to jail. He's, he's got what's coming to him. So oh, he's going to get what's coming to him. So uh, thank you, James. Uh, good, cool job, man. What you do is really cool. Like, I always fantasize about that, like, staking shit out. Like, think about that. That is kind of cool, though, to just be sitting in a car watching some shit, documenting stuff, you know? Take a bite of a donut. You got a hot coffee in there. Maybe take a friend along just to chill out, staking out, you know? I don't know. I like it. Smoking. I don't know. Uh, all right, this one. Uh, bitches and their untrained dogs. We're going to close it with that, and then we'll go to Twitter real quick. Uh, bitches and their untrained dogs. And this is from um, Levi Wetzel. Hi, Paul. My unacceptable for the week is uh, these women who walk their dogs and cannot control them. I saw that at a soccer game. I'm not, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm going to go right into your story. But I saw a lady went to my son's soccer game because people bring their dogs. You know, I brought my dog. But, like, she couldn't control The dog was so fucking big. It would just, like, pulled this fucking woman, like, onto the soccer field. It's hilarious. Anyway, I'm walking down the sidewalk to check the mail, and this lady is walking toward me with her dog on one of those flex leashes. Uh, it's one of those little chihuahua mutt-type dogs that never stop barking, that never stops barking. I give her plenty of room as I walk by. As soon as I pass her, the dog lunges for my leg. She doesn't hit the tension on the flex leash in time, and the dog almost bites my ankle as I jump back out of the way. Wow. She laughs at me and says, uh, get him, girl. <laughs> I give her a dirty look and visualize field goal style kicking her pooch to teach her a lesson. Good for you. I know what you mean. It's like, yeah, fuck that. Unacceptable. I don't hate dogs, but when people can't control their dogs, it annoys the shit out of me. She sees, she sees me park, um, the my car the next week okay i think she sees me park my car the next week and says uh my car looks just like yours to this i say just because both of our cars are gray doesn't even remote doesn't wow you're pissed even remotely mean the cars look alike you drive an older hyundai sonata and i drive a 2015 acura tlx that's like comparing spam <laughs> Uh, to a nice uh, ribeye steak. What a stupid bitch. Needless to say, she doesn't talk to me anymore, and I'm fine with that. Love the podcast, Paul. Thanks. Uh, Levi Wetzel. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's... um, 
Get him, girl. <laughs> Isn't that cute? That's her way of going, I don't give a fuck. Annoying shit. Thank you guys for the submissions. If you guys have more submissions um, or you want to write into the show, people are telling me at comedy shows all the time, oh, first time uh, writing in and stuff. So, um, yeah, send it to uh, unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. It is not the number four. It is spelled out unacceptables, F-O-R. TVE.com, unacceptable for TVE.com at gmail.com. Send them. I would love to shout you out and read your unacceptable. Let's see what I have on Twitter for you. Um, let's see here. Let's see what we got. Um, no, maybe not. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Michael Zofchak at Z O F F A N A T O R. Uh, there is your corner back, according to Anonymous Scouts. Uh, wait a minute, corner back, according to Anonymous Scouts, a gay guy uh, that can't cook. Uh, unacceptable. All right, all right. Let's see. This is from. Uh, this is from. No, are we done? I always do this, guys. Hold on. I'm scrolling through. It's hard with the um, Twitter because you keep getting tweets during the day, and I did radio today. So um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it now. Um, but I don't want you guys to be like, what the fuck am I going to tweet it then? You ain't going to read the shit. Then why am I going to? Here we go. This one is from uh, Gary L. at Gary333. And Gary says, why waste a perfectly good parking space when you could block someone else picking up their kid? And he showed a picture of somebody basically double parking. So it looks like the person could have parallel parked, but it looks like they double parked, but there's not a car next to it. So that's fucking, yeah, that that would drive me nuts, especially if you had to go and pick somebody up. Thank you for the submission. Gary, um, this is from is okay Gary L sent another one I'll read two of yours Gary that's the kind of guy I am you put it out there twice I'm gonna put it out there twice Gary L at Gary 333 the lady at the table um next to us turning her head to cough right in our direction hashtag unacceptable so you gotta be like excuse me lady can you not fucking do that can you can you redirect alright we almost done let's see the 22nd yes Yes, we're done. We're done. That is it for Unacceptables. Thank you guys so much. Only had a couple on Twitter. If I missed you on Twitter, I'm sorry. Uh, where are we at the in the show here? We are 54 minutes. Perfect. I have some sports to talk about. I'll talk about a movie. We are moving right along here. This is TVE255, everybody. And uh, I am your host, Paul Verzi. I know the show's coming out a little late this week, but what do you want from me? I'm flying, I'm working, I'm doing radio in the morning, I'm fucking running around. I, I didn't want to give it to you half fast. And yes, did I go out last night after the show in Atlanta? Yes. We went to a crazy place called, uh, was it, Johnny Hideaway. And you walk in, and it was somebody's like, oh, it's like, they were like, oh, you got to come. It's like walking into 1979. And you walked in, and it was the fucking, uh, like, Saturday Night Fever music. It was pretty cool. Um, had a couple of pops, nothing crazy, did not eat like an animal, I could tell you that much, so uh, doing better in that sense, um, but I'm having a great time on the show, and I'll talk about movies, because I did see a movie, I had the pleasure of, uh, uh, hold on one second, sorry about this, okay, 
Had to take that call. Sorry. All right. So, yes. So, I had the pleasure of taking my beautiful son to the movies. Uh, it was awesome because um, we got a, a message on Sunday night saying that my son's school was going to be closed because apparently like a truck or a car hit a pole in the in the neighborhood somewhere and the pole broke some snapped some cables or whatever and the school just was out of power and it was I guess it happened late at night because we got an email later at night so I guess it happened late at night they realized that there was going to be no power on at the school when the kids and the buses came and everything like that so we find out my son is off on Monday my daughter's daycare however still goes on on Monday so I drop my daughter off and it's just me and my boy so we take care of the dog, get the dog all situated, and I'm like, hey, buddy, let you want to go to the movies? And he was like, I want to go to the movies, and I was like, what do you want to see? So I took him to see Jungle Book. Now, uh, I don't know the story of Jungle Book before this. My wife, like, we have the Disney movie. My wife is like a Disney. She knows all the shit about Disney. Um, we're going to Disney in a couple weeks with the kids and everything. Like, three weeks, we're going to Disney World and all that. So, like, they're all into it. But the, And I know some shit. Like, I grew up with some Disney stuff, but I didn't grow up with the Jungle Book. Like, I... You know, I, I knew the other ones. Like, you know, I knew, like, the main ones. You know, like, what, like, like the Jordan, Magic, and Bird of Disney movies is, like, I guess there's, like, Cinderella, what, right, Beauty and the Beast, like, Little Mermaid, like, ones like that. Like, that's the shit that I knew and I grew up with. I didn't know Jungle Book. So I just go to the movie, and I got to tell you, I thought it was so cool, man. Like, this kid's just walking around talking to Panthers and shit. Like, I, I thought it was cool. You know, like, just... The snake freaked. I'm not gonna lie, man. My, I was like, you know, I read about it, like, can I? Because some people were like, the Jungle Book is really good movie. Just don't, you know, just don't take your kids. And I'm like, well, I mean, what do you mean? You know, it's a dis. Like, what do what do you mean? So I read about it. And some people were like, oh, the kids will freak out. The tiger's trying to kill the kid the whole movie, and there's a snake that wants to eat him. So the funny thing is, I'm telling him, I'm like, listen, buddy, there's gonna. He's like, nah, nah, I'm good. And you know, I read some people saying that they took their kids and they were scared. And then some people were like, ah, oh, my son was six, perfect age. My son's gonna be seven. My son, not only was he not scared, I'm not joking. The snake scene fucked me up more than him. Like the snake scene, because I, I don't fuck with snakes. I don't like snakes. I don't. There's just you know, no legs, no arms. Like the head, they slither. It's it. I'm I'm like getting a fucking weird feeling on my back right now, just talking about. It. Like I just don't. And the snake is like talking to him and trying to eat him. And like she coils him up. And she's like, you'll be safe with me. And she just opens her mouth. And, you know, luckily, you know, the bear comes and, and you know, and, and, you know, beats the shit out of the snake, I think. But um, it was awesome. I would recommend it. You'll be into it. It's a cool story. It's, um, and my son's so, like, my son like picked it up. It's so smart. Like he knew that it was like a bigger point to the movie other than just the animals and what was going on. But uh, I would recommend it. I really liked it. Um, the only issue with it, if I had to have one issue, I felt like the kid in it was like too calm, you know, with the animals. Like he was too like, you know. I mean, I guess I guess nothing's going to phase you when your mother's a wolf and shit. You know what I mean? So I, uh, you know, when your mom and dad are wolves and your brothers and sisters are, are wolves and shit, I guess nothing. But like the dude was just like walking around just like, you know, dark woods alone, just like cool, like just cool with it, you know, and I guess that's all he knew, but he's still young, like that'd freak me out, you know, but then again, he was taught his best friend or whatever, his guidance was a leopard, so maybe I'm looking, I'm reading into this thing too much, anyway, go see The Jungle Book, it's a great movie, it's a great family movie, um, I wouldn't take anybody like under three or four, 
it's a little bit, you know, especially if they get creeped out by like, I mean, there are scenes where the thing is going to get attacked or killed and there are some definitely dark scenes with snakes and stuff. So, you know, don't say I didn't warn you. If you're listening to this, I want you to take your three and a half year old and they're in therapy over snakes for the next 15 years. I'm just saying it's, it's a good movie. I would check it out. So it gets the Verzi, both, both thumbs up from the Verzi uh, TVE podcast. It, it didn't stink. That's what I'll say. And if you're into like woods and like animals and uh, Bill Murray is the voice of the bear. Christopher Walken is the voice of the big orangutan in it. Um, who else is who else is a couple of voices that, that I recognize? But check out the Jungle Book. As far as sports, guys, um, we were at a bar last night. And it was that bar that was playing like music from like the 70s and 80s and, and, and 90s a little bit. Just all these cool songs and... Um, Bartnick was so into the Penguins playoff game that he had the game live streaming on his phone. And like while people are dancing and people are like drinking and all this stuff, Bartnick is just looking at his like phone with his eyes squinted to see if he could watch the Penguin game. And he watched it. And I guess they had lost in overtime. And he was like, ah, whatever, game one. But it was just such a diehard that he just sat in this packed bar, drinks, everything. And uh, he just, you know, didn't care. He's watching his phone. Um, you know, hockey playoffs are cool and I want to get into it more. I just don't, I got to get back into it. I want to, and I know the Rangers lost, so it's just hard. Yeah. I think it would take the Rangers and Islanders going to a, I think it would take the Rangers and Islanders going to like the semifinals or finals or the Stanley cup finals to, for me to like, be like, all right, I'm back. So I don't know, but, um, NBA playoffs again, nothing really unpredictable is happening. Um, you know, Steph Curry's out. They still won in five games. You know, I, I think they're going to be fine. You know, the Spurs, the Cavs, all the all the big teams are still in it because it's the first round. So you got to wait and see what happens uh, with the NBA playoffs. I have, however, watched a little bit of Yankees and listened to them on the radio just driving, trying to get more into it. And uh, what I like about the Yankees is there are a bunch of no-names trying to prove themselves, and they do have a good manager. So I think a good manager and young, hungry guys could like maybe come together and do something. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens with the Yankees, and I am going to go to some games. Uh, NFL draft last night, I uh, didn't really see it or get into it too much at all just because uh, I was working and I was traveling. I mean, I'm not going to watch the NBA draft and not do a podcast. So... Um, but I heard that that uh, Ezekiel kid from Ohio State went to the Cowboys, and that I don't like. You know, that, that, because I think that that kid could be good, and uh, you never want somebody in your division to get a good running back. I didn't see all of the, I didn't see all of the picks. I don't even know what the Giants did. I'm looking here now, and it looks like, um, yeah, that kid, uh, Joey Boza, went one. Um, Right? And then where did... Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Sorry, that was a... That was a fucking ad for a movie with The Rock. Who did the... How come it's not showing who the... The Giants... What did the Giants do? I didn't even see who the Giants... Giants could continue to add pieces to uh, defense, yeah. Um, That's what the Giants need. Anyway, Giants just need... Giants just need some defense and stuff, but we'll see. Draft, NFL draft, you can never tell with the NFL draft because the NFL draft is like Tom Brady came in the sixth round. That's all you need to know. It's not, it's nothing crazy. So, uh, 
All right, guys, let's get into plugs. What do I have coming up here? I will be and uh, I'll be at Absolute Comedy in Ottawa on uh, June 20, 20th. Yeah, or June 21st to the 28th, I will be in Ottawa, Canada, working on other dates, working on getting other dates. So um, as far as like road stuff, we're working on that right now. Um, local stuff in New York City uh, and uh, the surrounding areas. I'll just throw some dates out there so you could mark it down. Um, oh, the uh, benefit for my brother-in-law is at Levity Live May 11th. It's going to be me. Giannis Papas, Jim Florentine, Bobby Kelly, uh, Ken Krantz is hosting it. Kenny's fun, funny fucking comic from Jersey's going to host it and maybe have some surprise drop-ins. So uh, definitely, uh, if you're in the area, uh, come to that. Um, I'm going to be at uh, Rockwell's August 13th. I'm going to be at Rockwell's Saturday, August 13th in Pelham, 9 o'clock. It was sold out last time. I want to sell it out again. Uh, I'm going to give you guys ones that are further away. Uh, September 8th, 9th, and 10th, I will be at Comics at Mohegan Sun co-headlining with my buddy Joe Bartnick. Um, and for more dates and everything, you can just go to paulverzi.com. Follow me on Twitter, at paulverzi. And uh, that's it. That's it. That was the show, episode 255. Uh, if you're in Atlanta, please come out this weekend. It's going to be the shit. Having a great time out here. Great city. One of the best comedy clubs I've stood in on stage in. It, it's insane. It's exactly what a comedy... That's what I love about it. Like, the ceilings are perfectly where they need to be as far as how high it is. Um, it's not a long club. It's a wide club. It's not huge, but it's not small. It's um, it's just awesome. The sound, It's just a great, great time. And um, I'm looking forward to, to being here this weekend. So come out to a show. Um, until next week, I am out of here. Oh, by the way, go to gonzofame.com. Uh, go to cityliveindog.com. Uh, go to allthingscomedy.com. Uh, check out paulverzi.com. I'm out of here until next week. I will talk to you guys later. Thank you.